This is the Music Vibes Podcast, sponsored by Neat 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 Records and Music, located at 1836 South Calhoun Street in downtown Fort Wayne. Neat 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 stocks LPs and CDs across all genres and is an authorized dealer of Ortofone, Audio-Technica, Emotiva, Wharfdale, Project, and more. Please visit neatneatneatrecords.com for more information. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites by subscribing to keep up to date with the Music Vibes podcast. This week's edition, so if you guys are just tuning in, you might be a little confused. You got the notification yesterday, exclusive interview with Kansas lead singer Ronnie Platt. That was an exclusive interview that was not the official podcast for this week. That was just an exclusive interview that I did with them to help promote their tour date coming up here May 11th at the Fullinger Theater here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, but the actual podcast for this week, we're talking Woodstock 50, and I'm going to start off talking a little Santana. Now, I got to check out his latest record, In Search of Mona Lisa, and he has another album coming out later this year as well, but I got to check out In Search of Mona Lisa, which actually was released a couple of months ago. Uh, it was actually released in late January, but I just got to check it out in its entirety, had some time to take it in, um, and I want to give a quick review on that. That's how I start off, and then we'll get into a little Woodstock 50 discussion. Um, so I'm going to start off by myself, just kind of reviewing In Search of Mona Lisa, give you a little sample of it, because Santana is back, baby. Santana is back in full force he's also coming to indiana um i'll leave some of the tour dates in the description for you guys to check him out this coming summer uh fantastic music that he has in the search of mona lisa so i'm gonna start off with that and then we'll be joined by dave brooks from billboard who's gonna talk woodstock 50 we're gonna get an update on this story woodstock 50 is it on i don't know it's called it was officially canceled a couple days ago but then reports were coming out that it's still on because they already paid some of the artists and bands so i'm really confused so why not get the official source billboard dave brooks gonna be joining us here talk woodstock 50 it's gonna be a blast so buckle up it's gonna be another fun podcast here right here music vibes to start off with some vibes here's a little background on in search of mona lisa which is an ep it's not an album it's an ep by santana again released january 25th actually on concord records in its entirety it's 27 minute long ep and allmusic.com gave it a three out of five star rating which is fantastic those guys are critics and it's hard to win them over so i think that's really good but he did release the music video to do you remember me actually the day before he released the ep let's go ahead and give you a little sample here's a little bit of do you remember me Thank you. 
Santana has announced plans to release a new full-length album again that I mentioned. It'll be coming out mid-2019, around summertime, I'm sure, uh, prior to some of his summer dates will release it, mid-2019. But his full-length album release this year will be produced by none other than Rick Rubin, who we've talked about a lot here on this podcast. This EP is serving as a introduction and kind of bringing Santana back into the limelight. Now, the album takes its title from a deeply personal experience that Carlos Santana had when he visited a museum in Paris for the first time and saw Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece, the one and only Mona Lisa. Although he had been playing concerts in Paris, obviously since the early 70s, he had never visited the Louvre Museum until 2016. And once he did, he noticed a line like, you'd see for Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Rihanna or Adele. And in quotes, this is what Santana said. I was like, damn, Mona Lisa's really popular worldwide to this day. In quote, um, Santana, a little interview with Rolling Stone. So this album kind of stems from recollections of a dream that Santana had months after his experience seeing the iconic work of art. Now, throughout this fantastic masterpiece, I already played a little bit of Do You Remember Me? So why not play the title track? Let's hear a little bit of In Search of Mona Lisa. Obviously, the big song that released a video prior to this date of the release of this EP. The only other track on this that is my personal favorite is Lovers from Another Time. And Santana, along with along with Consuelo Velasquez and Michael Walden again, wrote this fantastic song. Here's a little bit of Lovers from Another Time.
loving these vibes, man. I'm, that's what I'm here, man. Spreading some new vibes. So you Carlos Santana fans out there, Santana's back, man. I'm loving these new vibes, this new EP. Um, and we did receive permission to play these songs, so don't have to worry about being sued, which you got to love. Um, so Carlos Santana, obviously, on the vocals, guitar, and the producer. Narada Michael Walden on the bass, drums, keyboards, and vocals. Uh, Tommy Anthony's on the rhythm guitar. Uh, Cindy Blackman Santana on the drums. Cornell C.C. Carter on does some vocals ron carter plays a little bass ray green on the vocals um so a lot of people you know help contribute to this little ep and it's a very nice way to kind of prepare all the santana fans for his big upcoming summer tour man and we're as we're talking woodstock today obviously santana one of the greats to play at the original Woodstock Festival. Gotta love that Santana. And he was supposed to be at this festival that Woodstock 50 was supposed to put on. I, I, that was one of the very, that was one of the very few artists I was actually excited about for this festival. But it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. Now, as I said, there will be opportunities if you Santana fans out there, there will be other opportunities to see Santana throughout this year. Um, and I'm actually planning on making the trip down to Noblesville uh, to see Santana and the Doobie Brothers are actually his opener. So that's a win win situation right there. Uh, so if anybody's uh, planning on making that trip, uh, let me know because I will be down there. Let's have a good time. Let's go ahead and bring on our guest here. So well, let's talk Woodstock 50. Let's let's go ahead and dig into if it's happening. First of all, I want to get to that because Billboard has been all on top of this story with Woodstock 50 canceling a couple days ago. There's since then, there's been rumors that it could still happen. I'm really confused. Um, so let's go ahead and get to the source. We have Dave Brooks joining us here from Billboard.com to help dig in. Let's figure out Woodstock 50. Is it happening? I'm all the way here from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And Dave is joining me out from L.A. where the music scene is hot man, absolutely hot out there. Dave Brooks joining us here right now on the podcast. Dave, thanks for joining, man. Appreciate it. What's going on? Uh, Memorial War, the War Coliseum. War, War oh Coliseum. yeah, you you know you know yeah. who runs that? Randy and Nathan. Yeah. Wow. I'm in LA, but you know, because I mean, I cover concerts. You know, I I I really I mean, I've done it for like so long. I, I I've managed to work with all the arenas. Wow. You know, um, for a while, especially like. The, like the ones that are kind of active and going to all like the big conferences and stuff. So <laughs> that's cool, man. Small world. Yeah, we yeah. love we love them. They're big, obviously big supporters here of the concert scene. Got Paul McCartney coming to town. That's big for us. Uh, that's huge. You. Yeah, that's huge, man. I think it's just in a month or so. So we're getting excited about that. But today, man, we're we're talking about Woodstock Fifty. All right, so let's 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 go yeah. ahead and dig into this, man. So kind of catch us right. up. So I hear the news a couple months ago. Woodstock 50 is on. Um, I get all excited. It's my birthday weekend, actually. Uh, my birthday is on August 18th, which is the Sunday that is scheduled to be this concert. Um, so I'm planning a trip, all excited. They announced the lineup, and then I'm not as excited. You know, we got a lot of stuff coming up. So kind of catch both myself and the listeners up on what's going on with Woodstock 50. Yeah, you're right. You know, so um, we first heard about it in uh, January. I mean, it's the 50th anniversary of uh, Woodstock. Initially, um, you know, one of the co-founders of Woodstock 50, Michael Lang, you know, announced he's going to do a huge event upstate New York about an hour and a half from the original Woodstock site. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he got everyone excited, and uh, they released the lineup in March, and then they made, like, a really odd announcement at the time. They announced they were going to wait more than a month to put tickets on sale. They were going to wait till Earth Day, you know, April 22nd, which, you know, someone like you, I've been in the concert business for a while. That's a weird thing to do. To like, you know, you really, you know, they're trying to, they were at one point trying to sell over 100,000 tickets, and mm-hmm. waiting that long, they're just losing the momentum. They're losing the, 
you know, excitement about the lineup. It's just very unusual. So, you know, fast forward to Earth Day, mm-hmm. no lineups announced. <laughs> you know, all sorts of stuff starts leaking out. This thing is in trouble. There's disagreements. There's infighting. You know, the permits. And a week after missing the on sale, you know, Dentsu, which is a huge Japanese company with offices in New York and London, announced they were they were out of the festival. Mm. Um, and, you know, as a financial uh, partner in the event, it pretty much made it seem like Woodstock, that meant the end of Woodstock 50. Yeah, so you actually had the story up at Billboard.com, and I guess a, mm-hmm. few, a few days before the big cancellation, I guess, was announced, um, there was a last-minute plea. Kind of go into your story and what you included. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, they missed the, you know, um, there's a couple of different entities, right? There's, there's Dentsu, the Japanese company. There's also this holding company called Woodstock 50, which is, you know, the company that, which is the a group that, um, had control over the name, and they had licensed it from another entity called Woodstock Ventures. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys who um, who put on the original Woodstock. So, yeah, we don't know. We don't know a ton about this Woodstock Fifty group. We know that Michael Lang um, is involved in it. He, he's one of the original founders of Woodstock. And he's been the kind of guy talking about it a bunch. And we'll, and um, we knew we had heard that you know as. Um, the Woodstock 50 people were fighting more with Dentsu, fighting with Superfly, the festival promoters, you know, um, and producers. They had reached some kind of breaking point. And so the Woodstock 50 investors, um, you know, came up with this last-minute plan. They were going to take they were gonna take Woodstock 50 to either AEG or Live Nation. They were going to ask for a $20 million investment, and they were going to offer to change a lot of the people who had, you know, been involved. Um, you know, it never got anywhere. I think, um, you know, both AG and Live Nation passed on it, like, almost immediately, and it probably did more damage than good because immediately after it came, that news came out that they had tried to do that Dentsu split. When the lineup was announced, what was your first reaction? Because I'm all excited about this festival. I never, obviously, uh, the original Woodstock way before my time wasn't even thought of. In fact, my dad was barely born. My dad was uh, just nine years old when the very first festival was on. So um, it's something I really wanted to go to. And then the lineup is announced. What were your first initial reactions? I honestly wasn't that excited about the lineup because they rumored to have Foo Fighters and things like that. And I was like, yes, here we go. Um, and then those, you know, the, the Foo Fighters weren't on the uh, the lineup when they announced it. So, what were your initial thoughts when the lineup was announced? You know, I thought the lineup was you know not bad. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think you know Dead and Company to me is, is a great is a really cool band, and you know John Fogerty being on the lineup, he had you know played Creed's Clearwater Revival and mm-hmm. Santana. You know, I did a couple of stood out to me like um, the Rockets. Um, Black Keys who haven't played in a while. Of like Jay Z having him on there, mm-hmm. you know, um, I thought was a pretty impressive feat. But yeah, once you get past that, the, those artists, you know, you're really just looking at a bunch of bands that play at festivals all the time, like you know, the Killers, Imagine Dragons. Um, you see them in a number of festivals this summer. You know, um, Miley Cyrus was kind of interesting. It wasn't really sure about that one, and you know, I've spoken with the organizers before and. I think what they thought was connecting the artists was just that they all had some kind of social 
or you know social issues, and, and they often spoke out on, on causes too important to them. You know, do I, I? But I don't know if that was really enough to connect everybody into this kind of multi-genre festival that felt like a lot of other festivals. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I wanted and that's kind of my opinion, the way I started this. I wanted to get your opinion on this. So I kind of feel like the one of the main reasons that I think Woodstock, you know, hasn't really flourished, I guess, the last couple of times they tried to revive it. And with this anniversary, I just I feel like it's not not necessarily died, but just kind of went into the shadows a little bit. Now we have so many big festivals now. I mean, there's so many. I mean, you have Coachella, you have Governor's Ball, you have Bonnaroo. Uh, you got something in the water that just happened, which was crazy. I think that's Pharrell's uh, big music mm-hmm. festival. So is it, do you think that's the reason why Woodstock just, you know, doesn't really have the excitement behind it? Yeah, I do. I mean, I I mean, I think that you know um, the brand is something that you know is really important to you know uh, older generation, the baby boomer generation, and I think it's also you know important to you know uh, you know whereas Generation X or the millennials. I mean, I I uh, you know I had the Woodstock um, when I was. Growing up, and I was—I wasn't that was, I, you know, born ten years after it happened. But right. I love the music. But I just don't think that it resonated um, with a young audience like they needed it to. And you know, music fan today has so many choices. You know, things to go to, and, and, and it's interesting to me because you know, in 1969 when they put on Woodstock, right, they were expecting 180,000 people and 600,000 showed up. Why? Well, maybe one of the reasons was because there wasn't any other festivals really at the time, right? right. Um, you know, nowadays, fans have all these choices, and I just don't think they ever, like, really made the reason why this was important beyond a name that, you know, not everybody is totally, um, you know, has a connection to. Yeah. And I, before anybody starts attacking me on social media on on this podcast, yes, I'm. I did forget to mention Lollapalooza. I know, I forgot. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's another one. But yeah, there's so many festivals, and that was just one thought. So a couple of days after the cancellation was released, and Woodstock comes out th- with this release, and you can kind of fill me in with these rumors. So apparently, it's not completely off. Like, what's 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 exactly going on here? Well, there's so many rumors, it's kind of hard to keep track of all of them. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the main, you know, I mean, the, 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 yeah, at one point, Michael Lang said he was, his computers were hacked and, um, you know, um, all sorts of other craziness. <laughs> but, um, you know, Michael is saying that the festival is still on, right? Um, that, they, that, you know, they already paid for the artists, which is true. You know, they, Dentsu, the, the Japanese company, Spent more than thirty million dollars on the lineup, and wow. they, because of um, you know, and the artists and their agents made Densu pay a hundred percent in advance before they could even announce the lineup, and that's that's a standard for you know any um, festival. Um, but you know, so Mike, you know, Michael's kind of logic was like, well, this one company already paid for the bands, you know, I can still do this. Um, and I just need to get, you know, my permits taken care of and investment, uh, you know, in place. But, you know, that's really unlikely. I mean, maybe he can get the permits. Maybe he can get another investor. But, I mean, all these contracts are not with Michael or Woodstock 50. They're with Dentsu, the financier. And they're written in, in a way that give the artist a ton 
of protection and flexibility. And basically, we didn't see announcing it was canceled, but that, you know, that triggers a, a cancellation cause in these contracts. And um, there's just not a lot of legal arguments to be made that the artist that Densu paid oh Michael Lang or Woodstock 50 anything. Yeah, so and if they if they do have to make all of those changes, because I imagine, do, do they change the name of the festival? Like, is it, is it no longer? I, I don't know, because it's just weird that I mean, because they've already paid these artists for this fe- for the show, so and for the weekend, so maybe I've seen some people saying that. Well, maybe maybe they should just change it from the Woodstock name and change it to something else. Maybe it shouldn't because I I, I think a lot of people just are so afraid for it to fail i've seen everyone's you know post about uh the last woodstock festival it just didn't work out and everyone's still talking about that so there's always going to be that you know that thought of doubt in everyone's mind so what do you do they change the name of the festival do you you, what can they do at this point to make it work you know they're running out of time right i mean they're running it's supposed to be starting august 16th and and that's a little bit more than three months away. Yeah. I mean, the the one thing they do control is the name, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because they own the name. Uh, but I just don't see a realistic path forward to um, save the festival or, or at least put on something that, like, resembles, um, you know, Woodstock, that, that resembles what they had originally planned. I mean... Maybe if Michael uh, was able to get, you know, a new investor that's willing to kick in, um, you know, 20 to 30 million, mm-hmm. and, and, and he's able to get the permits done, then he might be able to book some artists and kind of convince some artists that had already been paid um, to play. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's a long shot. Um, it's 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 kind of hard to to see that happening, and you know these it's, you know these festivals are they're based on there's so much of it is based on trust, right? Yeah. Like, even if Michael did that, would the fans still pay? Would the fans like still come? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, in the old days when they used to have like a run on the bank, right? <laughs> Everybody would start wor- you know, panic would ensue that the bank was running out of money, and everybody would run and take their money out. And it would basically cause the bank to fail. It's kind of the same way with trust in this festival. You know, everyone's starting to trust it less and less, and that just causes a downward spiral. That it, you know, if it hasn't already crossed the line of no return, it's probably close. So basically, what you're saying is my birthday's ruined. <laughs> well, maybe you gotta come up with something else. You know, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe you can head out to you know the beach instead. <laughs> yeah, if only uh, that we do got Indiana Beach, I suppose. But I guess uh, I guess I do have to figure. Lollapalooza is only a few weeks prior. I guess I'll have to settle for that one. See Woodstock. See what you're doing. What what did you hear about the ticket prices? I've heard so many different things. When I when the announcement was first made for Woodstock 50, I was very excited and kind of tweeted before I thought, which is a 
kind of a problem, but we'll revisit that another time. But I tweeted before <laughs> I actually thought uh, thought about the process. So us as writers and contributors, we don't make a lot of money, so it's pretty tough for us to pay for these tickets. What were your thoughts on the tickets prices? And what is what was the actual number? Now people were telling me it was going to cost thousands of dollars. I'm like, there is no festival. There's no way anybody's going to pay that for a festival, thousands of dollars. So what did you hear an actual prices on anything? Because I don't even think that tickets were actually on a sale. Yeah, tickets were never put on sale. But I, I um, you know, originally they were going to charge, you know, between, you know, 330 to $370 like a ticket for like GA, three days, you know. Um, and, and then, you know, as it gets closer, they would, they would tick up. You know, the problem was they were always like fighting over the capacity, right? And so, I mean, originally they wanted 150,000 capacity. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, even Coachella is 125,000 mm-hmm. capacity, and it took them almost 20 years to get to that to that big. So they they they, moved, you know, they, they pushed the number down to about 90,000, and then you know, the the less the less tickets they sell, the more they have to charge, right, to mm. make it their investment. And, you know, toward the end when they were looking at that 75,000 capacity, you know, um, the, the price that was being floated out there was about 450 bucks for a three-day GA pass with uh, VIP tickets kind of going between, you know, 1500 and 2000 So that's a pretty close number, I think, to um, the major festivals, you know, the Lollapaloozas and Coachella's of the world. I mean, I think this year was like 430 plus fees. So you're looking at almost a thousand bucks for I think it's in line with the big, huge, massive festivals that are out there right now. I think I went to my actual first festival last year. Usually I just do like I just do the shows, man, the regular, you know, um, so I went to my first one last year. I went to Summerfest. It was all right. I just can't relate. I haven't I haven't paid that much yet. Um, Coachella, I heard, is pretty expensive. Um, I heard Lollapalooza can be a little pricey, so maybe I just need to branch out a little bit. So you, I mean, you've been cut for a while, so I just kind of want to, before I let you go, just want to get a little bit of take on some of the other pieces that you have up. So what are some other things that you have, you, you've worked on here in recently and uh some things you got coming up here for billboard well you know i'm always looking at festivals so um you know we uh we just did a, our our festival season kicked off mm-hmm. you know with stagecoach and um you know we not i'm sorry you know festival season that uh, kicked off with coachella mm-hmm. and so we you know um you know the second weekend uh, of you know coachella beyonce released her homecoming you know, movies. So we did a lot. Of, we did a lot of work on that, how it was done, um, and then you know they had stagecoach the following weekend, and we found out, you know, that little Nas X was going to premiere that song uh, "Old Town Road" uh, at stagecoach with um, Diplo and Billy Ray Cyrus, and so Ugh. we broke that story, and then we got super pushback. People were like, "You ruined the surprise." <laughs> I felt kind of bad. But then I was like, you know what, man? We like we like all these people who like know that if they were there at the right place and time, they could see it. And I, and I felt better about it. And then now you know, just festivals. Maybe it's summertime, so yeah. I'm busy like looking at all the you know all the festivals, big and small. I'm down here in LA. Yeah, there's something every weekend, so I'm I'm we're keeping pretty busy, and that's how I like it. 
Yeah, it's, it's always, you got to love the grind. And so you are a big festival guy. So I will ask you, all right? So since I'm finally, I do have Mo Pop Festival coming up uh, in July, end of the July. I'll be making that. It's in Detroit. Um, so I will make that one. So I will be at another festival. But you've attended many, I assume. So what is your personal favorite festival and why? Well, I'm a Cali guy, so it's going to be a California festival. Uh-huh. And the, my, I, 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 you know, my favorite festival is Bottle Rock up in uh, the Napa area. I just think that it's such a good time, and it's such a good um, hang with, you know, your friends who are, like, drinking, uh, you know, like, Chardonnay and eating, <laughs> like, you know, some fruity food. And, and I'm kind of, like, into that, you know. But I can see how other people might not be. So, you know, another one, I, I think... That Bottle Rock is all about, like, that experience. But if you're just, like, purely, if you want the music, I think Outside Lands, which is in San Francisco, is one of the best for music. Um, just in terms of, like, who's kind of, like, the most relevant bands right now. Mm-hmm. And headliners are always different. You know, this year they have Paul Simon, and I think that's cool. He, he, he quote-unquote, retired. <laughs> but, you know, somehow he's managed to come back and play um, Outside Lands. And... I like it. It's Golden Gate Park. It's a good time. Man, you got me all excited, man. If LA wasn't so far, man, <laughs> that's just a, oh, that's a plane ride. That's now that's a thousand dollars. That's that's a pricey trip right there, all the way from Indiana. But man, great stuff, man. I really appreciate you coming on, Dave Brooks from Billboard, joining us here today. Unfortunately, he was the bear of bad news. From what it seems, uh, my birthday is ruined now in uh, Woodstock fifty. It's not looking good, although it's so weird. Like I said, I mean, the rumors are circulating that maybe they can figure out something and that it's, it's still on. They, they paid the artists and bands to still play. So I guess uh, fingers crossed, I guess. Um, won't hold my breath, but I guess we can still hope that they can figure out something. But as you say, it's not looking good. Not looking good for Woodstock 50. So have you... Did you write a couple other Woodstock articles? I think I seen a couple other. What were some other things that you were covering for Woodstock? Did you talk? Did you talk to Michael Lang or something? I see a couple other uh, Woodstock pieces. Yeah, I mean, I've been covering it from the, the get go. We interviewed yeah. Michael Lang, um, you know, when he first announced, and um, we stayed on it. You know, I mean, we we bought into the we bought into the dream. You know, yeah. we bought into uh, what Michael was like selling, yeah. and then as it just got closer and. You know, things uh, started to get more um, sketchy, you know. We, we, the reporting kind of changed tone. But I think I've probably written a dozen articles about mm-hmm. Woodstock 50. You know, I wanted, I wanted it to happen, man. I, I, wanted, I wanted it to be, um, I wanted it to, 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 to be a historical moment, you know. And, yeah. and now I want it to happen because I want you to have a good birthday. And may, I actually think <laughs> you hold on hope of maybe just have a backup plan. Yeah, and it, it, this shows exactly why you should. But yeah, I guess we still we still hope it happens. If not, um, I guess they tried. Um, live to, live to try another day. Uh, I guess. But yeah, Woodstock fifty. We'll still be keeping our eyes out, and you guys are all on top of it. So I'm sure Billboard dot com. Billboard is all over this report here on Woodstock fifty. Dave Brooks joining us here today. Dave, thank you so much for joining me, man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Okay. Thank you. Call me anytime, man. Be sure to keep up with the Music Vibes podcast with DC Hendrix presented by Neat 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 Records by subscribing on everywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Radio Public, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites by subscribing and make sure to leave us a review and let me know what you guys are thinking of the Music Vibes podcast. That'll do it for this week. And until next week, everybody, 
be sure to spread some peace and love. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.